Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to week three of Mission Impossible. I want to tell you guys, if this is your first time uh, worshiping with us, we are so pumped up that you decided to come here. If it's your second time or your 100th time, we're also pumped that you're here as well. Uh, we are very excited to have you guys here worshiping with us this morning and worshiping God, and the weather is a little bit dreary, but it's getting better, and uh, life is good, and so I hope it is for you. But listen, here's what we know. Okay. A lot of people, matter of fact, I've talked to some of you in person or on the phone this week. Uh, life is difficult. Life is difficult, right? It, there's a lot of stuff going on. So just by a show of hands, um, don't be embarrassed because a lot of people are going to raise their hands. How many of you would say, you don't have to say it's like impossible what you're going through, but life is really difficult. What, what you're going through right now is really difficult, right? Life is really difficult. Right? There's over half of us in the room going through something really tough. I don't know if it's this time of year, because uh, like Christmas is around the corner. Don't skip Thanksgiving though, because we got to respect the turkey. But like Thanksgiving is around the corner, and and like it just seems like this kind of year, more people struggle than any other time. And so like we didn't make this sermon series. This is on the story of Elijah, by the way. If you're visiting with us um, in the new te- or in the Old Testament, I mean, found in First Kings, and so we're going to talk about him this morning. But but like I didn't plan this series and then the guys with the guys help us come up with ideas based on like the thought of being overwhelmed but it just kind of happened with this sermon I was like man that's that's kind of where we're all at right is is no matter what we're going through if it's like a spiritual high and a moment that we know God's doing something great in our lives it can still feel overwhelming because you're like you really want me to do that like seriously that right there not like, you want me to do that. And then, and then for those of you that are going through something so tough, like with your kids or with your husbands or wives or, or if you're single with, like, your friends and at work, it, there doesn't seem to be any end. And, and it's so frustrating because cause you just seem like you constantly fight and you're in a battle and you don't know what to do. And you don't understand why in the world would God put me in this position. I feel like he wants me to do so much more. This is what I want you all to know this morning. If you don't listen to anything I say all day, If you don't get anything out of the message, I want you to remember this one phrase, all right? If God calls you to it, he'll bring you through it. If God calls you to something, he will bring you through that something, whatever it is. And and for some of you, it, it seems like there's no hope. There's no way to get out of whatever I'm in. Like, God, there's no way that you're going to get me through this, or there's no way you really had something to do with this. And don't you know that's how Elijah felt? Because, like, here's what's happened up until this point. If you're not familiar with the story, we'll just tell you real quick. Up until this point, Elijah becomes the prophet of Israel. Israel is like the chosen people of God. Same area that Israel's in today, okay? And these are the people of God. These are God's chosen people. Like all these people worship God that we worship, we're worshiping right now. And so he becomes the prophet and the king has turned to evil and he's not worshiping God. And the very first thing he does as prophet is says, he says, I've prayed that it doesn't rain. For an extended period of time, it turns out to be three and a half years. And and this is where we are on the story. And so time passes. God provides for him. All the prophets in all the land are killed except for him. He's the only one left. And they turn to worship this idol called Baal. And so the entire country has turned from God and they're worshiping Baal. And just imagine being Elijah. Now, none of us are prophets. I'm certainly not a prophet. I like to pretend that I am when it comes to like football and I can pick games and stuff. But I'm not a prophet at all. And so I don't know what it's like to be in his shoes. And I've never been called to go up against the odds that he's going against right here. 
But in life, we all face difficulties, some going through worse right now than others, right? But all of us have looked ourselves in the mirror at some point in time, and this is what we've said. If y'all are like me, this is what we've said, right, is, okay, God, like I'm just evaluating the whole situation. I'm looking over the whole situation that you've put me in because you're God and I'm not. And I'm standing here and I, I really feel like this is what you want me to do. Or, or if you're far from God, God, I don't understand why you're putting me through this and I'm mad at you. No matter where you are, we've all been through this exact thought, right? We've stood in the mirror and we've looked at ourselves and we're like, are you kidding me? This is real. This is my life. And this is what we do, right? We weigh the odds of what it looks like, what we're going through. Like, okay, on one hand, I can do this and this happens. And on another hand, I can do this and this will be the outcome, right? So like, for instance, um, odds, if you don't understand what weighing the odds means, I'll just tell you, okay? <clears throat> I love college football. I don't apologize for loving college football. I was at the Carolina game last night and the very little hair that I had, I wanted to pull it out because it was like watching paint dry. That's okay, we won. Uh, and I was at Clemson the other night, by the way, for all my Clemson people back there. Y'all looked really good, and so I'm very nervous about two weeks from now. But that's another story. So, like, what we do is, right, Clemson was, I can't remember how big of a favorite on Thursday night against Georgia Tech, but it was significant, and I think they still, it's called covered the points, meaning they won by more than Las Vegas thought they should win by. And so the way we feel going into a game is what they tell us. So, like, next week, South Carolina plays Coastal Carolina, Clemson plays Citadel. Both teams will be favored in the 40-point range, maybe a little more than that. Okay, We feel good about that. That means they think we're 40 points better than the other team. So we're both going in like, thank God we get a week off. Even though we're playing somebody, we're feeling good about that. And both teams feel like we are going to win. The next week, it will be somewhere around three points either way. Neither team will feel real good because the odds are now against us. They're telling us that this is fairly evenly matched. But now this is the case when it's bad. I, I remember I was a Carolina fan during the 0-11 season. Went to 10 of the 11 games, by the way. Someone can say amen or I'm sorry or whatever you want to say. But, like, I remember going to Tennessee and watching Peyton Manning cut us up when we were a 40-point underdog. And I'm just telling y'all, if you're a South Carolina fan and you have been and you didn't just jump on the bandwagon, y'all remember what it's like to think, sweet. We literally have no chance to win. This is awesome. 40-point underdog. But now put yourself in Elijah's shoes. And this is where the story's going today. He was the one prophet left on the planet, right? The one prophet. And Jezebel, who was the wife of Ahab, she was a crazy woman. If you ever hear there's a Jezebel running around, you run because she is crazy, right? So... She has brought in Baal and she's brought in all these prophets instead of prophets of God. There's 850 dudes that are all like smart people and they're coming around and he's got to go up against 850 and let's just call it what it is, an entire nation. Those prophet, or those odds are horrendous. And some of y'all feel that way, don't you? In your life, you're looking and you're going, the odds are completely stacked against me with everything I'm trying to do. Like my kids are losing their mind and they won't listen to what I say. And the only chance that I have is God. The only chance I have is God. If God calls you to it, he'll bring you through it. Listen to what happens in 1 Kings chapter 18, starting in verse 17. It says, when Ahab saw Elijah, the king Ahab saw Elijah, who had been gone for three and a half years in isolation, separated from the king because he knew he should be killed. He, was, he had a death sentence. When he saw him, he said, 
to him, it is you, you troubler of Israel. And, and Elijah answered him, he says, he answered him, I have not troubled Israel, but you have in your father's house, because you have abandoned the commandments of the Lord, and you have followed the Baals. Now, therefore, send and gather all of Israel to me at Mount Carmel. And the 450 prophets of Baal, here you go, 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So he says, gather the 850. Gather all your dudes. Gather your entire country up and let's go one on, let's go one on 850. And th- that is really bad. I mean, like any of us or most of us would look at those odds and say, you know what, I'm out. Right, because aren't we... When it comes to God, if you're a follower, and if you're not, just bear with me for a second. If you're a follower of God, if you follow Jesus Christ and call him Lord, don't we do it when it feels good? Or don't we do it when we feel like the odds are with us? Or don't we do it when it's easy? But when things get difficult, isn't it easy to run the other way and say, you know what? There's no way, God, you would want me. I believe in you. There's no way you would want me to go through a difficult time. This can't be right. There's no way. This really can't be right. God, why would you let my mom get sick? Why would you let these things happen in my life? And we don't always understand. And guys, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes really bad things happen to some really good people. And we don't always get it. But what we do know is God will bring us through it. God will bring us through it. And so imagine being Elijah at this point, standing before a king and saying, I tell you what, I'm just willing to put my chips on the line. I'm willing to say, this, it is what it is. We got to go. It's been three and a half years. It hasn't rained or dewed or nothing has happened. I've caused this drought by praying to a holy God. I'm ready to step forward. I'm ready for you to see what's going on. So let's go. And so in your life, when you face odds like the 850 to 1, where it looks like all hell's about to break loose in your life and you don't know what to do, when it seems impossible, like your mission on this planet is impossible and there's nothing you can do, there's a couple things that Elijah did that we can follow. There's a couple things that he did that we can follow. And the first one is you choose, you choose who you follow. You must choose who you follow. And that's what he said to all of Israel. You guys have to choose for yourself who you follow. Decide who you follow. And listen, I want y'all to make sure you get this. I'm not asking you to raise your hand right this second. And say, yeah, Mark, I mean, I come to church, right? I'm here this morning. You're welcome. God, get off my back. I mean, like, for real. Like, when it's, when it's just you and him and you can be intimate, when your character is being revealed because you're by yourself, who honestly do you follow? Do you follow yourself and what this world offers us? Or do you follow God? Because we have to decide, just like Elijah tells the people right here, who do you follow? Because, listen, It's just more fun sometimes to just turn the other way. Like, is there anybody else in here? This is just truth. Is there anybody else in here that's ever thought, man, if I wasn't, if I wasn't following God, I could do so much more fun, right? There's just things that I could do if I wasn't doing that. It just seems more fun. Or like I could do all these other things and then maybe later I could get saved. Or maybe later I could follow God. Like that just seems like the right way. There's a picture being painted all over the place that says it's better than what we do. And it is difficult on this side. And so the easy thing to do is say, no, you know what? They're doing it and it seems fun and it seems like it's a cool thing and the band is awesome and like those things seem good, but I don't know. Maybe I just will walk away. 
because it's never something that's sunk in and been serious for us. And so when the really bad times do come and we've walked away from God, we never really chose that we followed him. And we're miserable by ourselves and lonely because we don't have Jesus to lean on. Listen to what Elijah says right after this confrontation takes place with Ahab. And he says, you get your prophets and I'll get mine and we'll go head to head. In verse 20, Elijah says, so Ahab sent to all the people of Israel and gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel. Elijah came near to all the people and he said, how long will you go limping between the two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. And so at this point, he said, look, guys, it's time for you to stop playing games. It's time for you to figure out who do you follow. I'm asking you to do the same thing. I'm asking you to do the same thing. I don't care if you've been in church your whole life. If you can name the books of the Bible backwards. Like if you know, if you know a hundred scripture verses by heart, that's fine. That's awesome. But God's not impressed, right? God says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He loves you the same whether you screw up completely or you are holy and righteous in your own mind. He doesn't care. We should serve him just so we can give him glory, not so that we get him off our backs or so he likes us more. He's not going to like you more if you serve him. He's going to receive the glory that we were put on this planet to give him. And so this is what he's asking you to do. This is what I'm asking you to do. Choose for yourself this day right now. Whom do you serve? Where are you with Jesus? Where are you with Jesus? Then Elijah said to to the people, I, even I, am the only prophet left. Everyone else was dead of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. And of course, there were 400 other prophets of Asherah. Let two bulls be given to us. And let them choose one bull for themselves and cut it into pieces and lay, lay it on wood. But put no fire to it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood and put no fire to it. And you call upon the name of your God, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people answered, it is well spoken. We agree. That sounds great. And then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose yourself one bull and prepare it first. For you are many. And call on the name of your God. But put no fire to it. And they took the bull that was given them. And they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, Oh, Baal, answer us. Now, listen right here. I want to give you all a picture of what was taking place, okay? So there's, there's, this, there's this mountain that they had met on. And it was right in between where most of these prophets are from in Phoenician city and in Jerusalem. It was like the dead middle of the two places. This was the perfect mountain to meet on because it was right in the middle. And what was taking place was all of Israel was gathering or anyone that could come. Thousands of people were gathering around to watch and they were, they were lifted up so people could see them. And the 450 prophets of Baal were then preparing this altar. And they did it in however their custom was. And we're not given detail to that. We're given detail to how Elijah did it, but we're not given detail to how Baal did it. But they built this altar up and they, and they put the bull on top of it. And the goal was that that sacrifice would be, would be blazed by fire and that their God would show that he is the true God. And so this is what's taking place. And it says from morning, and we believe it's early morning, like sunrise until noon. And so you can imagine like during our church service, they were still walking around 450 strong, walking around saying, Oh, Baal, answer us, bring fire down from heaven. 
And it, and it was like a, a battle between the two, like a battle of the bands, but it was Baal versus God. And they were going back and forth. And I just want to tell y'all, some of you guys know me better than others, but I am a bit of a trash talker. Okay, I'm just going to be straight with y'all. I'm a bit of a trash talker, especially if you talk trash to me first and I'm better than you. Okay, and I'm not trying to be cocky, maybe a little bit, but like sometimes I'm better than people at stuff and they talk trash to me. Like, for instance, at cornhole, Um, it might not seem like a big deal to y'all, but y'all just bear with me. I don't like to lose. Okay, I need everybody to understand this. I don't like to lose. And I'm talking about if my neighbor were to walk out and say, I can cut my grass faster than you, I would sprint with my push mower that is self-propelled, but it's not self-propelled anymore because I'm sprinting because I want to beat you at that. And it gets worse when you talk junk to me first. So, like, when people that won't be named, Travis, talk junk to me before I do anything, and he's talking about, I'm going to kill you at cornhole, and then I'm like 10-0 and 0 against you, and then your excuse is, because my partner's better, that's lame. And I'm going to continue to pour on the trash talking. Why? Because, one, you started it, and two, because I'm better than you. I'm just being real. I love y'all. I'm just being real. So, so here's one rule. Please don't talk trash to me if you don't want me to talk back. And I know that's not spiritual, but I'm not spiritual when it comes to trash talking. I just like to talk noise, right? And the reason I think I would like Elijah so much is because Elijah talks straight noise. Like he started off and he's like, he's letting them do all their thing. And so at this point, right, they're walking around and they're chanting, home, was that all? Like, can y'all picture it? They're like probably dressed weird. I'm just saying, I don't know if they were or not, but I'm just going to add to it. But they were probably dressed weird and they were walking around and they were like, bring us fire. All righty then. And they're like waiting on the fire to come down. And then you got Elijah. All right. Elijah's right here and he's waiting. And I'm telling you, I am not Elijah, and I would not have been the greatest prophet to ever live, but me and him would have been boys. I'm just telling y'all right now, like, I would have hung out with this dude because I would have been right there beside him, and I'm the dude behind him talking trash because I'm like, yes, this is my man. All right, so this is what he says. Y'all ready? Oh, Baal, answer us. Y'all with me? This is continuing in verse 26, but there was no voice and no one answering, and they limped around the altar. Like, you can already hear him talking junk. Like, why are y'all limping? What's wrong with y'all? Right? And they limped around the altar that they made. And here you go. This is why Elijah's one of my favorites. Because I really would repeat this exact quote that he said, because it's incredible. And at noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, cry aloud, for he is God. Keep crying, bro. It's been five hours. Y'all are good. Just keep talking. Just keep going. I'm sure he's going to answer you. Either he is musing or he is relieving himself. Let me, let me give y'all the 2013 version. He's back taking a leak. That must be what he's doing, right? He must be in the back going TT. Is that what he's doing? That's probably what it is. Or he's on a journey. Maybe that cat just wanted to take a walk. He'll be right back. It's all good. Or perhaps he's falling asleep and must be awakened. So Elijah, I'm just telling y'all, I love him. He's, he's going, I'm sure he's just taking a leak or he's taking a walk or he's asleep. It's one of those three. It's all good. He's still, he's still God. It's all good. 450, y'all keep going. And can you imagine how mad those 450 were getting? Right? Because wouldn't you get mad if there was one dude that was right and, and all of us times a, few, times a bunch, were like all of us, 450 strong, were all wrong, right? And we were looking going, this dude's talking junk and I want to beat the crap out of him because you know they all wanted to fight him right then. Like this cat's talking junk. It's easier to talk junk when you know you're going to win. I'm just telling y'all right now. 
And they cried aloud, and they cut themselves, as was their custom, with sword and lances until the blood gushed upon them. And as midday passed, they raved until the time of offering of the oblation. That word means when two religious parties go up against each other. But there was no voice. No one answered, and no one paid attention. And so they're part of the oblation, which is just a big word for spiritual fight against each other. When their part of the war had ended, and they had done everything they could, they had walked around, they sort of gave up and said, all right, we've done our thing. But don't you know, like, what they were thinking at that point is like, that's awesome, but there's no way Elijah's going to get his. Right, because you can't bring fire from heaven. The odds were stacked against them. It was one against 850, and all, everything seemed to be going wrong. And this is why I admire Elijah. And this is why I want us to get to this point. And I'm certainly including me. In our lives when we have confidence in things, I'm not talking about like I can throw a stupid bean bag into a hole from 30 feet away, right? I'm talking about when we have confidence in things like our abilities and what, what things can happen in our lives or the difficulties that we have. What if we had confidence in the Lord more than we had anything else in the world that we know that God is going to bring us through whatever he's called us to? What if that was really really our hearts? What if we really believe like Elijah that he could do anything through us because he is God? And the only way that will happen, listen to me carefully, the only way that will happen in your life is if you go all in. Like we've weighed the odds, we've looked at everything, we've, we've looked at our cards, we consider what someone else has and we say, you know what, I've got to push everything and it is time for me to push them all in and go all in. And that's what Elijah does right here. Not only does he say, I believe that my God is God and you can have as much as you want. Have your 850, have everybody else praying for you. Do whatever you want to do. I will stand alone because I believe that my God is God. Not only does he do that, but with supreme confidence, he stands up and he gives these instructions. I find it, I find it fascinating because this is what Elijah believed. My odds are better than your odds. You can have 850, but I need one. My God is God. In verse 30, this is what he says. Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. And all the people came near. So they were scattered and they started drawing in. And he prepared the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the 12 tribes of the son of Jacob. There were 12 tribes of Israel. And it was symbolic. To whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And with those stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar as great as would contain two seas of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut it, excuse me, cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood. Can y'all see it happening right in front of us? There's a big altar and the bull's laid down and he cuts it up and puts the wood under it. And he, get, he prepares for the fire that is going to come because listen, he knows that what God is going to do. And he said, fill four jars of water. I want y'all to pay special attention to this. Fill four jars of water and pour them on the burnt offering and on the wood. And he soaks the cut up bull in the wood and it flows down. And they did it a second time and he said, do it a third time. So 12 jars of water were filled and poured on again symbolically. And they did it, excuse me, and the water ran down the altar and filled the trenches around with water. 
So imagine being one of those people that have denied God being God in their lives. And they look at this one prophet who has stood alone. Every other prophet is dead. Imagine being those people like we are sometimes when we deny God being God in our lives. And seeing the water fill up in a pretty large trench, fill up completely. And the water dripping down off that big altar and all over the wood and all over the stuff and thinking, what is this guy doing? Not only is fire not going to come down, but he wants us to come near. He wants us to experience something. What is this that he wants us to experience? And at this time, the offering of the oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your name. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned their hearts back and the, the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal. Let no one escape. And they seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook of Kishon and slaughtered them there. Can you imagine standing there and experiencing God. Like the fire comes down from heaven. And not only did it did it burn the offering that was supposed to happen. But it burned the rocks. And it burned the water up. And it sucked up everything because it is God. Listen, what if we experienced God? Like what if we really gave ourselves to him and said, Jesus, I want you to come in my life. I want you to change me. I'm going all in. I want you to make a difference in my life because whatever you call me to, I know that you are the same God that did this and you can bring me through anything. So the most difficult things in my life and the easiest things in my life, he is capable of doing those things for us. This is the same God. This is not a fun folk tale. This is the same God that we serve today. And yet he brought his son. He loved you so much that he sent Jesus, his son, to die in your place and in my place so that we could be given the right to be called the righteousness of God. But what we do is we look at ourselves and we say, you know, I wish sometimes that I could be like them. And so I'm just going to step away from God and I want to do my own thing. I want to do my own thing. And this is what Proverbs 14, 12 says, the wisest man that ever lived wrote this now. And you know, he had, Solomon had experience with this. He says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. But in the end, it leads to destruction is what another translation says. There's a way that seems right to all of us. No matter what it is in your life, there's things in our life that pops up and we say, man, I'd, I'd love to experience that. If I wasn't a follower of Jesus, I would do that. It leads to our destruction and our misery if we don't follow Christ with our lives. Listen, many of you have scars in your lives. There's nothing you can do about your past. All you can do is your future. All you can do is let Jesus have your life right now. He does not love you less if you've screwed it up completely. He welcomes you as his child no matter how bad or how good you are. There's no one that is different in the eyes of God. He just simply wants you to follow him. But this is what you have to do to truly follow God. 
You can't just say a prayer and live your life like you've always lived. You have to turn from what you were and become what he wants you to become. It is time for a group of people in here right now to change who we are and let him become who we are. We don't change our personalities. We still have fun, but we let God become God in our lives. I just wonder, is there anyone in here? Is there anyone in here that will let God be God in their lives? Anyone that will let God be God in their lives? Because that is what he wants to do. Listen, in the worst circumstances, in the best circumstances, if he called you to it, he'll bring you through it. God wants to do miraculous things in this room, but he'll only do it if we give God everything in our lives and say, I want you to be God in my life. If you are going through the worst time you've ever been through, get on your face before God and say, God, help me. And he will. I'm not promising you your situation will be gone. I'm promising you that the same God that licked the fire up down from heaven and everything was taken up, including the water, he will, he will rescue you wherever you are. For the people in the room, you say, Mark, I don't know this God. I am so pumped that you're here. Because here's what you get to do this morning. You get to give God your life right now by simply saying, Jesus, I want a relationship with you. I want to know you. I want to give you my life. I want to go all in and say, yes, I need you. And in just a second, we're going to give you that opportunity. We want you to, to stand up and go to the back. Say, so why do you ask me to stand up? We ask you to stand up because, one, we want to get you some help, and there's people in the back that want to help you. And, two, I just really believe that if you really mean to do business with God, with no one looking around, you will stand up and say, I want help. If you really want it, you'll stand up and say, you know what, I don't, I don't care if you're shy or crazy like me. All of us in between, you'll stand up and say, I want that right now. We're going to give you that opportunity and for everybody else. Now, I just feel like God's doing something in some of your lives. You just need to declare to him, this day is yours. I'm giving you my everything. I'm already a Christian, but I'm giving you my everything. Will you bow with me? Just real quickly, I just want you to be honest with me. Is there anybody in here that would say, Mark, dude, I'm being honest, man. I, I don't have a personal relationship with that God that you're talking about. I want to know Jesus. I want him to change me. I want to have a new life in him. I want to experience the God that sends fire from heaven. I want new life right now. I need Jesus to rescue me right where I'm at. If that's you right now, I just want you to slip your hand up right where you are. Mark, I need that. Thank you. Who else? I need Jesus right now. I need Jesus right now. If that's you, I just want you to stand up, and I want you to go back to the back. We have a volunteer waiting on you in the back, so if you raised your hand, will you just go back to the back right now um, and talk to a volunteer? Thank you. Is there anybody else that would say, Mark, seriously, more than anything else in this world, I need Jesus. I need Jesus to rescue me where I'm at. How about for everybody else? Y'all can look at me. We're going to close in just a second with worship. And this is with everybody looking, okay? What you're telling me right now is I am a follower of Jesus, and that is awesome. What I want to know is does anybody need to stand 
and say, you know what? I am a follower of Jesus, and there's been many times that I've wanted to do right, but the truth is, I've had one step in one place and one step in another, and I need Jesus to be my everything. I'm a follower, but I need Jesus to be my everything. And if that's you, and listen, if no one stands, so be it. But if this is you and your heart's beating fast and you know it's you, just stand up. Don't worry about what everybody else is thinking. Just stand up right now and say, dude, that's me. I need Jesus more than I need anything. Thank you. Who else? That is me. I need Jesus. I want to make a difference in this world. I want... I want to see this place change radically with the gospel. Will you pray with me? God, what an awesome morning it is to worship you. Not because the music's great, and it is. Not because we love hanging out together, and we do. But because you are the same God that sent fire from heaven. That desperately wants a relationship with us. You made us, Lord. You made us in your image so that we could give you glory through everything that we do. God, will you help us and empower us to change the world that we live in by listening to you and doing what you say. By listening to you and doing what you say. Now, God, as we go, I pray that we lift our hearts and our hands and raise our voices to you. God, in every person in here, I pray that you will strengthen them as we go to change the world with your gospel. We love you, Jesus. Amen.